Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Okay, so in today's episode, it's just going to be me. Um, today and today we're going to be talking about Tiger Woods' miraculous uh, Masters win. All about the uh, kind of the Masters today. Um, kind of looking back at a few of my picks, and then the three biggest winners and losers of the Masters uh, this weekend. And then we are going to be discussing my NBA award um, picks. Um, so who I'm picking to win, and then. Like, who I think will win that whole uh, thing. Uh, no college today. Please, guys, call in on the Anchor mobile app. Uh, I, I really suggest it. I think it would be really cool if you guys called in. We can have some discussions. Uh, and you guys can suggest what you want me to do on the show. I think it's it's, a, it's just an advantage for you guys that you aren't using. So I highly recommend you do that. Charles or Billy hasn't called either in a while. Uh, hopefully they call back. So, uh yeah, let's get to uh, the Masters. Okay, so first I'm going to start with the losers. And at number three, I really had a tough time choosing a third loser. Because this week didn't really consist of a ton of real losers. It was like an ideal week. So I split it between Rory McElroy and Justin Rose. The reason these two were losers was Rory McElroy barely made the cut. Finished with a score of um, five under and had a actually four under day today. So overall finished out pretty strong. But the fact of the matter was McElroy was playing really good golf coming into this. Was the favorite to win the whole thing and really didn't come up with a strong showing. Barely even made the cut. So... And he missed out on a chance for the Grand Slam. Now, the thing is, the reason it's tough to call him a loser is because there were a ton of other players that lost as well. Sure, he's the favorite and didn't win, but that happens all the time in golf. So it was hard to really call him a huge loser. I mean, he he wasn't – it wasn't exactly a win-win for Rory McIlroy this week, but, you know, it was just hard to fill in that third spot. The top two are well-deserving, but it's tough to fill up the third spot. And then the other one was Justin Rose. I picked Rose – to win. I Again, it's tough to pick golf. I mean, anyone can really have a good week and go on to win. But the reason I picked uh, Justin Rose was because he didn't even make the cut. He finished at four over and didn't even make the cut. And he was a favorite to win this week uh, and didn't even make the cut. So the thing is, what do you say? Justin Rose was a top five pick to win it all, didn't even make the cut. McElroy barely made the cut, finished at five under, but was the favorite to win the whole thing. So who's more of a loser? Take your pick. I mean, I'd say Justin Rose just because he didn't make the cut and was still top five choice. And McElroy, you know, still five unders and horrible. So I'll go with Justin Rose, but, he, you know, that, that third spot was tough. But the second, the first two spots, both well-deserving. Uh, coming in at number two are betters. Um, the betters out there, any betters out there. This was one sports gambling, any, you know, places that do sports gambling or whatever. I'm not big into the gambling. Like I don't know a lot about it, but the places that, you know, take in the the gambles, whatever it's called. This was horrible week um, for gamblers themselves. Besides that one guy that made one point, uh, 
$19 million on betting on Tiger Woods. Almost everyone else lost a substantial amount of money in gambling places made a ton of money off these fools because they no one was really betting for Tiger uh, and people were betting a lot of money or whatever. Uh, I don't know a lot about this. It's just something I heard and I was like, ah, I got to throw it on this list um, for sure. I mean, this was actually like one of the, you know, best times ever. For these gambling places, apparently. They made a ton of money off of this. So, again, I, I can't, like, explain to detail because I just don't understand. I don't know the gambling lingo. Sorry. But you get my point. I'll get the message across. Basically what I heard. And then at number one is Francisco Molinari. Molinari still had a very good week and is going to be walking away with a lot of money. But he finished tied for fifth. Molinari totally fell on his face at the end. He finished on plus two on the day. Uh, the 12th and 15th, 15th hole really killed Molinari. He finished at 11 under. So Molinari's going to walk away with a ton of money. I get that. But you know, it doesn't. that's not the money that matters. He could have made more money and be wearing a green jacket and won the Masters. Instead, he totally choked at the end. He didn't choke as bad as Jordan Spieth. But, I mean, that, that's not the top there. I mean, that was a poor performance at the end. Molinari was steady Eddie throughout the whole thing. He's steadily going, and then, oh, he's bogeying, and, oh, he just fell apart at the end. I think Tiger got to him. Um, how, how does it? How does he not? You just see Tiger over there on a run, can't miss a shot. You see Tiger Woods, how do you not? Just shake. How does how do you not just get a shiver up your spine, especially at the Masters? So Molinari had a good showing at 11 under, but he had the lead for most of the week, and he choked it away. Um, which uh, he started out the day very well, and then just kind of choked it away at the end. Uh, you know, big L for Molinari, just because those just a few holes really cost him, and I you know it's tough because who would have thought, you know, but that. <laughs> You can say a few other people choked, you know, maybe Tony Finau, who's even on the day, but, he, you know, he's even on the day. He didn't really choke. Uh, but if I had to say anyone, I'd, I'd say Francisco Molinari's a loser this week, despite 11 under at the Masters. Um, so now we are going to get our, to our three winners, which is a um, much, much better list, uh, well-deserving list. So let's get to that. Okay, so there were, I think, four deserving um, people to make this list. And since I technically had four in the last list, I'm just making it the four biggest winners and losers of this week. So coming in at number four uh, were the amateurs this week. Four amateurs made the cut um, this week at the Masters. Um, you had Hovland, Alvaro, uh, Victor Hovland. Alvaro Ortiz, Devin Bling, and Takumi Kanea. Sorry, some of those um, names are um, very, very hard to pronounce. But coming in at three under was Hovland. Um, he was the best amateur. Uh, I saw actually after the press conference, after the Masters, he was sitting next to Tiger talking. Like, he was actually... Uh, was, I almost I almost wanted to put him singularly on here, and then um, Ortiz came in. At, I'm pretty sure if I remember, it was 
um, two under. Let me find him. Oh, I skipped right over him. He came in at two under, so he also had a good week. And then um, uh, Bling made the cut at um, three over, so he made the cut and then kind of you know collapsed a little. Those he didn't really collapse, but you know, he, you know, it's just an honor, I guess, as an amateur, like to make the cut even. And um, Kanea. Uh, made the cut, but he ended up at five over because he had a six over day today. He didn't play very well, but I mean, that's just good for the game of golf as well. It's just another thing that adds into see four amateurs make it, but that's also good for the amateur class. You know, this is a good class coming up, but you know, who knows? Did all just four of them have a good week? You know, an all right week? Or is this actually, you know, some players on the rise? Uh, we'll see. Number three was us as the fans. We got one of the greatest moments in golf history, if you're a golf fan. This was one of the best Masters ever. We saw, like, 12 guys, 13, 14 guys, 10, 15, somewhere ranging between there, really guys in contention to win that. You didn't know. Very entertaining. And on top of that, we saw Tiger Woods win. And I think 98% of people wanted that to happen. It was a big win for us if you're – even the slightest bit of a golf fan, you missed the Masters this week, then you're not a golf fan, okay? You're not a golf fan if you missed the Masters this week, unless you missed it for a good, good reason. Uh, I'm sorry. And even if, for me, like, my favorite sport to watch is probably, like, the NFL and NBA. That doesn't mean I don't like golf. It's just, um, you know, golf's – I really like watching golf and, like, the NHL and MLB, but if I had to pick my favorite, it would either be the NFL or M N NBA. We had the NBA and NHL playoffs. I still watch the Masters. It's just that big. I, you know, usually wa watch golf anyway. Just tune in and see what's going on. But the Masters, I thoroughly watch the whole day and the whole weekend, basically. Most of the time, I'll, like, check up. I'll watch a good portion of it, but I'm not sitting there like I did watching, you know, almost the whole thing. Obviously, I take breaks, you know, and do something. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Not just like checking in, watching a little, and then oh, I watched a good, like more than I missed, um, for sure. So it was a big win for us um, as fans of golf this week. We got an absolute prize, uh, a gem, if you will. Um, coming in at number two is the game of golf, the PGA, the 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 association itself, the Pro Golf Association. Them, as themselves, this was a perfect, perfect week. Besides the weather, but the weather wasn't bad, but that's not the point. Is the fact that it was an entertaining Masters with a ton of guys down the stretch going into it. So it kept fans in the seats till the very end. And then Tiger won. So you were able to keep the... You were able to have 15, 10, 15 to 10 guys really in contention till the end, which kept fans really in their seats, and Tiger was doing really well down the stretch as well, and he was in it, which kept fans glued to their seats till the very, very end. And Tiger won, which made golf fans ecstatic. It, this was just, I don't even need to say it. Also, the most... Um, players from the amateurs to ever make it since in 20 years that we've seen this many amateurs play and make the cut for the masters so that was another just added addition uh, added addition but that was that's just a small part of what this was just a great 
week for the Pro Golf Association itself. I think the whole golf community is super pleased with what went down this week, and so does the Pro Golf Association. Um, coming in at number one, I know you guys are going to be like, well, obviously, but you have to. You just have to put Tiger here. You have to put Tiger Woods. And even it's one of those things like, yeah, five biggest winners and losers of March Madness. Yeah, number one, um, Virginia. Yeah, obviously. But this is one where I'm actually putting the winner because I don't usually do this. But Tiger, no, he just he just has to be here. Usually, like, yeah, I'm not just going to put the team that won at number one. Usually I don't do that. But here, it's too good to not even put him on here. Like, it's just too good not to. Like, you you have to. Uh, Tiger proved to everyone he is back and he's ready to play. To me, he proved he was back, oh, you know, at the beginning of the year. You know, last year he went on a run. I was like, all right, just show me a few more weeks. Came back. Yep, Tiger's back. I think he's back. But for those doubters, which there were still many, he proved to us he was back. Even if you doubted him when he came back and then – like last year, we're like, all right, you know what, Tiger is back. He proved to us for real he's back, that he can win the basically Super Bowl of golf, um, which is just incredible. Um, Tiger Tiger told everyone, you know, I, I'm still the greatest golfer in the world. Well, that's a stretch. I mean, he's, you know, you get what I'm saying. I mean, Tiger, Tiger put on a show, okay, and this might be the greatest comeback story of all time. And he needed this one. For him to win this, I'm at a loss for words. I really am. Um, for him to win this, it's just, it's it's almost like it's already the cherry on top. You know, when you, you hit that high, and Tiger Woods was already the greatest player in the world, and then he fell. He fell. He had every excuse in the book to quit. Suffered four surgeries. He, you know, Achilles, ACL, his back problems. He had every excuse to quit. And throughout all those surgeries and all that time off, he came back and did it again. That proves greatness to me. And if you didn't think Tiger Woods was the greatest golfer ever before this week, you better think he is now. Because what he did was truly incredible. He was at the top, had every reason to quit after many years all of these surgeries, and came back and did it again. That, to me, proves greatness. Who does not like Tiger Woods? He's one of the best athletes of all time. I love Tiger Woods. He's one of my favorite athletes of all time. And if you didn't think he was the greatest golfer of all time before this week, you better, you better think he is now. Because there's no way you don't. I'm sorry. That is unexplainable. I thought he was before this, but for those few of you who didn't, if you still don't think he's the greatest golfer in the world, I would love to hear your reasoning. I would please call in and tell me why Tiger Woods is not the greatest golfer of all time, especially after this week. Please. And I hope not. no one disagrees. I really do. Okay, so those are my top, technically top four biggest winners and losers of the Masters tournament this week. So now I am going to get to my picks for the NBA awards. Let's get to that. Okay, so now I'm going to get to my NBA award picks and my all-NBA team picks. I forgot to mention that for all-NBA team and all-NBA rookie team. So first I'm starting with MVP. 
Now, this is one where I actually have two answers because I think Giannis is going to win, but I think uh, James Harden deserves to win. I think James Harden has had much less help than Giannis in a tougher conference. Uh, That's not taking anything away from Giannis. Giannis' team, at the end of the day, had the better record in, yes, shoulda, you know, coulda, woulda, whatever. Giannis did have the better record. But James Harden put up stunning, absolutely stunning numbers um, offensively scoring the basketball. Not that Giannis didn't, but Giannis scores all his points from like two feet in, which I'm not taking anything away, but I'm trying to prove a point for James Harden here. And Giannis had a much better defensive year, but Gian, you know, James Harden has fa- fair share of blocks and steals. I still don't think he's a great defender, but... I, I, I just have to go James Harden. It's basically a coin flip, but I have to go James Harden. But I think Giannis is going to win. Giannis is the much more... James Harden is one of the most hated players in the league. Giannis is one of the most beloved. The Houston, also, Houston does not get a vote uh, in the NBA MVP award. Um, Giannis also had the better record when the head-to-head matchups 2-0. I think Giannis is going to win MVP this year. But I think James Harden deserves to win it. I... I, I you know, I, I've I've already explained this, so I'm not going to go too into detail. So if you haven't heard that episode, you, you could probably find it. I think it was the one with Thomas was the last time I explained that. Uh, it was some sometime around then. But I think James Harden deserves to win it just a little more than Giannis. I, I, I think you also have to play into perspective. Giannis is the future of the league, and James Harden may never win it again. Which I mean, James Harden's already won one. So, you know, I guess that balances things out. But I just think James Harden is a slightly better the year than Giannis, but I think Giannis is going to win it uh, for the reasons I just stated. All right, so then next I have my rookie of the year. I have to go with Luka Doncic. Uh, Trey Young was better after the All-Star break. Was he? Yes. Trey Young was better than the All-Star break. But Luka Doncic all around has had the better season. All around he has. Trey Young started off a little shaky. He wasn't a boss. He's putting up fine numbers. But was better out of the All-Star break, yes, which is actually helps him. If you're going to be good at one point of the season, it's during the end of the stretch. Because if you are not, if you are a playoff team, you're getting momentum going to the playoffs. And even if you aren't, that leaves a good taste in voters' uh, mouths, which I might give, think gives Trey Young a bit of an advantage that he's playing a little better at the end of the year than Luka Doncic. But Doncic has had the better season overall than Trey Young. Uh, I'd even say he's had a little less help, uh, Luca, and he's been in the West. But that doesn't even play a huge factor for me. It's just Luca's had the better year. Okay, he has. Trey Young's had a, a phenomenal year as well, but I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, but to me, it has to be Luka Doncic. Uh, you know, call in with any of your picks or whether you disagree with this pick or any other ones, please. I, I want to hear your guys' pick for the, your awards, anything you agree or disagree with. That's fine. Uh, but, I mean, it's tough. I mean, Dre Young's had a great season, definitely a worthy season, but Luka Doncic overall has had the better year, I think. Next is the uh, Kia NBA Defensive Player of the Year Award. Throughout almost the whole season, I've gone with Paul George. But in the past few weeks, about a month actually, Paul George has not been my pick. It's been Giannis. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. Um, Paul George just kind of took a step back in this game lately and went from an MVP candidate to 
arguably not even in the top five in almost everyone's pick for defensive player of the year to almost no one's pick. He just took a step back. He still had a great year, but I mean, it's got to be honest. Just his numbers have been insane defensively. He's been a great defender. Miles Turner's also had a good year. You know, all these other guys. But I, I, I just got to go with Giannis. Uh, he's had a stunning year defensively. Uh, I've gone with Paul George most of the way, but I changed my vote uh, for these past few weeks. I, I go, I'm going with Giannis. Uh, Kia NBA Sixth Man Award. Uh, Lou Will. Uh, I'd love, I'd absolutely die to see Derrick Rose win this award. Um, but it's just become more unlikely by the minute. Uh, some of these bench players have got even better. And um, Derrick Rose has been out. Uh, Derrick Rose is probably not going to win uh, six man. He's not really a heavy candidate anymore. But he had a great year off the bench for the T Wolves anyway. I'd love to see him win, but it, it, I think it's going to be Lou Williams. Uh, there's some good candidates, but lately Lou Williams has been running away with it, and well deservingly. He's one of the best bench players of all time, um, and he's put up great numbers off the bench for the Clippers. Uh, he's probably the best player, I think, on the Clippers, for sure. Um, he's an interesting player because, you know, he plays off the bench, but he's an all-star caliber player, but it, he's he's weird. It's, it's hard to explain Lou Williams. Uh, but he's a great player and well-deserving of sixth man of the year, um, definitely. Uh, he's my pick, and I think most people agree. Most improved player. There are so many people that uh, – deserve this award, but I have to go with Pascal Siakam, like most people do. Pascal has literally improved in every single statistic, and it's hard to not say D'Angelo Russell here, um, but I gotta go with Pascal. I mean, he's improved every single area of his game, and lately I think he's been overrated because I knew about Pascal Siakam really started heavily recognizing this guy back in November, I remember watching a YouTube video on how every single statistic of his improved, and it's still to this way. I mean, yeah, last year he put up weak stats. His statistics were not good last year, but that's what most improved players are about, who improves the most. He's improved in every stat. It's hard to not give it to D'Angelo Russell, even De'Aaron Fox or a Buddy Heald. You get my point. There's a lot of guys, but I have to, have to give it to Pascal Siakam here. Okay, now the next award is the Coach of the Year. Now, let me shout out my uh, really top candidates. Mike Budenholzer, uh, I always forget his name. Mike Malone, I always forget his first name, of the Denver Nuggets. Mike Budenholzer of the um, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Sorry. Uh, Nate McMillan of the Indiana Pacers, Doc Rivers of the Los Angeles Clippers, and Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors are those top five candidates. And I go with Mike Budenholzer. Budenholzer has been one of those few examples this season that coaching still matters in the NBA. He has set up a perfect system for Giannis. And sure, yeah, when we say set up, yeah, the front office gave Giannis shooters. But Mike Budenholzer has made it work in a perfect system. He's making Jason Kidd look kind of foolish. Um, and Mike Budenholzer has been great and really redeemed himself. Uh, he's ran a perfect system with Giannis. Now, I want to see how it translates over to uh, the playoffs, which I think it will just fine. Um, but, I mean, Mike Budenholzer has to be most people's picks, I'd assume, right? 
The Bucks won 121 to 86, beat up on the Pistons. And just for an example, uh, they shot 35% from three. Never mind, that's not a great example. But Budenholzer's done a great job with this team. They've been a top defensive team as well, something no one is talking about. The fact that not only has he been running a perfect system for Giannis to thrive in, but their defense has been top three in the league this season, top five in the league. Uh, they have been an, a thrilling two-way team, and Mike Boonholzer deserves it for me, uh, definitely here. Uh, now, uh, the last uh, award before we get to the All-NBA teams is NBA Basketball Executive of the Year. And I go with Cynthia Marshall of the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, a woman is going to win this award. Now, I've heard no one really making predictions, but I think of the Dallas Mavericks and Cynthia Marshall. Now, yes, she gave up a top pick in Trey Young for Luka Doncic. But that's a win-win trade. And she basically flipped pocket change for Kristaps Porzingis. Sure, two first-round picks for the Dallas Mavericks isn't exactly pocket change, but it could be if they succeed, and that was for Kristaps. That's a low-risk, high-reward trade. Um, the only way that could possibly go wrong is the 3% chance that Kristaps ends up being an never returns to the same player after his injury and that those picks end up being like top five. Dennis Smith Jr. goes on to be an all-star. Like that's worst case scenario. And I don't see that really happening. I do think there's more of a chance than people think that Chris Stapp's returns is not the same player. And that definitely lowered the compensation a little bit, but he's gonna, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, been practicing for a while as well, and it's great to see that the Dallas Mavericks are having a lot of patience with Kristaps Porzingis because that's exactly what they need to make sure he comes back healthy and ready to go. You need patience with him in that type of injury. Okay, so now I'm going to get to my all-NBA picks um, for the NBA this year. So, uh, yeah, let's get to that. Okay, so for the um, all-NBA for a uh, second rookie team, I have point guard Childs Alexander, shooting guard Landry Shamit. Small four was tough. I was like, should it be Kevin Herter, Kevin Knox, or Mikal Bridges? And I decided to go with Mikal Bridges. I feel like he's a little bit of a sleeper here. Knox would easily take this if he didn't hit that rookie wall, but he did. So I think Mikal Bridges is a very tough vote, though. Power forward's gotta be Jaron Jackson Jr. He was great before he went down with that injury, like dropping like one of not the best defensive rookie so far, and then he's dropping like 12 points per game. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. And then the center's Mitchell Robinson. He's been really good. So Landry Sham and Mitchell Robinson, kind of two steals uh, on that All-NBA second team. Uh, that's a that's a pretty nice uh, team. But then the All-NBA rookie first team, we got point guard Trey Young, shooting guard Colin Sexton. That's vice versa, whatever. Uh Small forward, Luka Doncic, power forward, Marvin Bagley, and center, DeAndre Ayton. Now, I hate when people walk up to me and say, Ayton, but Colin, uh, Colin Sexton's not a shooting guard. Or, but you get the point. Like, sometimes I'll put, like, someone at, like, a small forward that's really, like, a power forward, and they're like, oh, my God. And no, it doesn't matter. That does, does, it, Who cares? They're not really playing on the same team. It's just... It's forwards, whatever. It's, it's the same thing. So those are my um, picks for the All-NBA uh, rookie teams. And then I have the All-NBA teams uh, right coming up right now. Okay, so for the All-NBA third team, my picks are going to be um, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, 
LeBron James, Blake Griffin, and Anthony Davis. Now, I hate putting Anthony Davis on this list because he's missed time. He hasn't really, you know, played to his best ability, let's just say. And it's tough not to put up, you know, a Bradley Beal or a Rudy Gobert or some other well-deserving players on here. But you got to put AD on here. I'm sorry. He still had a, a solid season. And I really, really want to put someone else on this list bad. But also, as much as I said, the positions don't really matter. They technically don't have a center. That's just kind of another excuse for me. But Kemba definitely deserves to be on here. Kyrie, LeBron. Blake Griffin has not got enough attention. I think he should be on the All-NBA 13 along with Anthony Davis. But that that's a tough one. Uh, All-NBA second team, I'm, I'm going with... Um, uh, what's his Oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, vice versa, whatever. Um, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. Now you're probably saying, Nikola v- uh, Jokic on the All-NBA first team, slow down. I think Joel Embiid is the better player than Nikola Jokic. I just think Nikola Jokic, by a hair, by a literal coin flip, has had the better season. Mostly because when I look at the team records, Nikola Jokic has led led his team to a better record in a tougher conference over Joel Embiid. Uh, and Embiid's had really more help, or at least more star power. So for that reason, Jokic just had an Embiid. Uh, and they both had very well good seasons. I like them both, honestly, and I think Embiid's better. But for that reason, i got to put Jokic ahead of him. Um then on the All NBA first team, I have uh, James Steph Curry, James Harden, Paul George. Um, yeah, what's his face? Oh, sorry. Jeez, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. How did I forget Giannis? And uh, Nikola Jokic. Now it's tough to put. You know. It's like, uh, you know, you're not putting Kawhi or KD over PG-13, but PG-13 had a good year. And, you know, Kevin Durant and Kawhi have had their fair share on B first teams. Let's give PG-13 one. He has a good story. And overall, I, I just have to give it to him. Oh, You know, he slowed down of late, but he still had a very good year. So I got to give it to him. So, yeah, sorry I rushed those All-NBA uh, teams, but it's getting late and, you know, I don't want to be up all night keeping everyone up, <laughs> whatever. Um, so I just want to get through that quickly. You don't want to hear me ramble on. You're like, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. And we're, you know, running close to 30 minutes. As I said, I can do these episodes as long as I want, but I like to keep it around 30 minutes usually for you guys, unless, you know, whatever happens. But it's getting, it's like almost 10 anyway. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please call in on the Anchor mobile app. I I uh, want some um, some someone to talk to. So, I'm glad I could go over my uh, NBA predictions, but I'm really glad I could talk about the Masters. I actually want to start talking a little more golf. I'm not saying this is becoming a golf channel, a consistent golf, but I want to talk a little more golf for sure. I'm not saying all the time, but just touch up on it here and there because uh, it's fun. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.